The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Episode 72 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. So often the diagnosis phase of a cancer journey knocks us off our feet. The sheer volumes of information which follow in close succession can be really overwhelming, and in some cases, more or less than we really need during that time. Then there is a plan, and the plan starts to be executed, and I call this the treatment phase. This phase can have its ups and downs as we navigate the physical, financial, social, and emotional challenges of treatment. But generally, depending on a few factors, this phase can also have a really grounding feeling to it. You have a plan, it has an anticipated start and end date, and you're moving forward. So when we come to this journey, we think, this is it. I'm doing the hard work, the treatment part. I remember when I was diagnosed and had surgery on the schedule, I didn't even know if any other treatment beyond surgery and a year of targeted treatment would really be needed in my case. As it turned out, I did need chemo, but at the time, I didn't know. A fellow breast cancer survivor who was several years ahead of me made a passing comment that I'd be feeling back to normal in about three years. I thought to myself, her situation's really different from mine, and I'm doing these things, and I'll be good. I'll be back to normal in a few weeks. I ended up having to do chemo, so things changed a bit. At the end of chemo, when I reached that survivorship phase, active treatment was over, the weekly meetings were done, you get sent home to live your quote-unquote normal life. Come back in three months. It's in that moment of walking to your car, contemplating, come back in three months, that you think, Hmm, what do I do now? What the heck does normal even look like? Sound familiar? While none of us choose this cancer journey, here we are just the same. The ball is now in our court for how we respond to everything that comes our way. And I do mean everything. And this is where we always have choices. So if you've been following me or the podcast for a while, you may know I'm a huge fan of universal law, and especially the law of choice. I often quote Dan Melman from his book, The Laws of Spirit, where he writes, Reclaiming the power of choice, we find the courage to live more fully in the world. And it's so true. Sometimes choosing something also means that we have to let go of or sacrifice something else. So this week, I want to talk a bit about the universal laws of choice and sacrifice. And I don't know anyone, and I mean anyone, who has navigated the first two phases of this journey and not made some choices that reclaimed their power to live more fully in their own world. Usually, this requires letting go of something that no longer serves us so that we can embrace something that does. In a nutshell, that's the law of sacrifice, the letting go of one thing to make space for another. My husband actually has a similar rule for me when it comes to buying shoes. In his world, I will remove two pairs from the house 
in order to make space for one pair to come in. Doesn't really always work that way, but I digress. John Maxwell talks a lot about the law of sacrifice when it comes to successful leadership and success in the workplace. And while there's definitely some overlap in the intentions of how the law of sacrifice is applied here, when I refer to the law of sacrifice, it's simply the letting go of a lesser thing to allow space for something more beneficial for you. So one of the things that I've decluttered from my vocabulary is the word busy. Busy feels really unintentional to me. I can have a lot on my plate that requires my attention, and if those items all have some level of importance to me, they're worthy of being on my plate. And if I start to feel busy for busy's sake, I need to prune some things off my list. Really reclaiming the power of my choices. So recently I started working on a master's in public health, and that's a significant undertaking. And on top of that, I wanted to do it in a slightly quicker time frame. And I wanted to take forever. As I got really clear on how I want to invest my time, it really meant employing that law of sacrifice. So I made the choice that instead of four podcast episodes a month, I'm doing two. This allows me to still stay connected with the community in this way while also expanding my knowledge and abilities to serve the community better in other ways. So I want to talk a bit about the law of choice, especially when it comes to getting really clear about what we are and what we are not available for, because we do really teach people how to treat us. So I've heard survivors say that they've left jobs during or after treatment because their employer just didn't or their manager just didn't understand what they were dealing with. And they only seem to care about what work was or wasn't happening. Or people leave relationships where they don't get what they need and they feel like they need to make a change. There are an abundance of situations that survivors choose to change during this journey. And I support that 100%. But I want to look at this law of choice from a slightly different perspective. What if we get clear on a situation that we're not 100% happy with. Maybe we're unhappy at work. Just as an example, you like your job, maybe you even love your job, but you have the work of three people. You consistently work long hours, and as a result, there's just no end in sight. And you don't feel very valued for the work that you're doing, and the situation just isn't sustainable any longer, especially now that maybe you've decided that your health and well-being is really a priority. And that law of balance, one of the other universal laws, really needs to make a more prominent appearance in your overall life and well-being. First, you want to be clear about what you want from the situation. So in this case, how do you feel about your time, talent, and treasure, also known as financial well-being? Are you working a number of hours equal to what you feel like you're being compensated for? And are you using your talents in a way that's fulfilling? Is your purpose while being fostered in your current role? Or do you have the time or flexibility to volunteer in an organization that may tap into a greater sense of purpose? If you're being called to different work, it may be time to exit. 
However, if you're fulfilled by your work, yet overwhelmed by the volume of it, that may be fixable. Get really clear on how the situation is impacting your physical, social, mental, and emotional well-being. And let's be honest here. Sometimes we have a deadline and we spend more time at the office than we do at home, or maybe we don't make all the best meal choices in the name of saving time. Whatever it is, it's okay as long as it's temporary. The sustained stress is the kind of stress that contributes to health challenges. Short-term stress is a normal part of life. So once you're clear on where you stand with the current situation, really the unvarnished truth of it. I want you to think about this. What is plan B? Is plan B find a new job? Is it start your own business? Is it take time off to regroup and reassess? Is one of these items readily doable without creating a new hardship? Because I definitely am not advocating quitting without a plan if you need the paycheck. So we're not looking for new stress. We're looking for a better quality of life. Sometimes just knowing that a viable plan B is possible, should you choose that option, can give you the space to determine if you want to stay with plan A, your current situation, if that can be saved or reimagined in a way that is sustainable over the long term and in a way that contributes to your overall well-being rather than detracting from it. By having a solid plan B to choose, you're much more empowered to speak up about the ways in which plan A needs to be adjusted so you can choose to continue to invest in plan A and be successful and feel positive about that situation. So I use the example of work today, but remember, no matter what situation you're faced with, you always have a choice. So you have choices about treatments, you have choices about the people you allow to contribute to your life, you have choices about how people are allowed to treat you, and you have choices about how you invest your time, talent, and treasure. The possibilities are really limitless, and they're 100% in your control. If you hear yourself saying out loud or to yourself, I don't have a choice, think again. There is always a plan B to every situation, and sometimes it's the right option. Sometimes plan A becomes more tolerable just because you know that plan B exists. I was having a conversation with my client this week about food choices, and She was not really thrilled with some of her food challenges at the moment. She was really pushing back against the idea that she was having to do things. Sometimes we feel that way, right? We feel like we have to do the thing. We have to get more exercise. We have to eat healthy meals. We have to, whatever the have to is, And remember, I always say should is someone else's opinion. That is really does not apply to us. But what if we reimagine all of those have-tos to wants and choices? I, for example, am celiac, which means I can't eat gluten. 
gluten is basically poison for me. I didn't love that when it first came up, but I don't treat it as something that I'm depriving myself of. I treat it as something that I choose not to do. I choose not to eat something with gluten or something with dairy because I'm also allergic to the protein and dairy. I choose not to eat those things so that I don't feel badly. Now, those foods might taste fantastic, but if an hour later I don't feel well or the longer term prospects of continuing to eat those foods could be really detrimental to my body. And there's just no upside to that for me. So I choose not to eat them. And I'm okay with that. And I'm happy with those choices. And I view those as things that are totally within my control. I can make those choices to not eat gluten and to choose gluten-free options and dairy-free options. And approach food in a different way. And that's okay with me. As we were having this conversation, I asked how it would feel to make those things a choice, things that your body doesn't like. Can you choose to not eat them? Like, it's a choice. When we started to look at it through that different lens of a choice as opposed to a rule, then it became a little bit more palatable to approach it from a place of a choice. So something to take with you and think about as you go on in your week, where can you make different choices or where are your choices empowering you to live more fully in the world? Come on over to Surviving is Just the Beginning, my Facebook group, and let me know what choices you're making that are helping you to live more fully in the world. Check back in two weeks when my guest is a fellow breast cancer survivor and patient advocate. You can connect with me over at my Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning, where you'll find a community of past guests and group members who know what this journey is like. Knowing that there are others with similar experiences helps us know that we are not alone. There's a community of people with similar and diverse experiences waiting to meet you because surviving really is just the beginning. Thanks for listening and have a great week.